Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hi, and welcome to the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. My name is Jonathan Messenger. And my name is Bebop Robomoto Wanatron, a.k.a. the character-making machine. Character-making machine? Yep. I come up with all the best ideas for characters in the whole universe. Okay, but no more toilet seat characters, right? No problem, Jonathan. I have a million ideas. Ooh, that's too bad, Bebop. We don't actually have time to hear a million, so I guess we'll just have to get right into the show. Hold on, sweet, sweet Jonathan. I don't have to give you a million. They're all gold. And speaking of gold, I have a character called the Crattersea, which is actually made of gold. Oh, okay. Made of gold. That sounds interesting. Golden toilet seats, baby. Okay, see, this is what I'm saying, Bebop. I'm just joking, Jonathan. Don't get your slippers all twisted. I also have an idea for something called a Millizen. It has laser antenna and breathes poisonous gas. Oh, not bad. But it's not shaped like a... No, Jonathan. It's not shaped like a toilet seat. Get your mind out of the gutter. Okay, okay. I'm sorry, Bebop. It's shaped like a sink. So wait. All your characters are bathroom-related? Hey, give me a break. Every artist has his or her medium. Nobody says to Picasso, all of your paintings are (laughs) paint-related. All right, Bebop. Let's get into the show, shall we? If you remember what happened on the final episode of Season 5, Finn entered the Marlowe, but it was silent, and he didn't see any of his friends. So let's see what happens in the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, Season 6, Episode 1, Battery Pack. Hello! Finn cried. Abigail! Elias! Foggy? Mom! Dad! Finn ran further down the hallway, yelling everyone's name. Hello! He cried. Anybody home? Anybody! There was no answer. Finn was on a deserted space station. Finn ran past the robot room without opening the door. He called out again and again, still nothing. He made it to the library, and the doors parted. He staggered in. Hello, he cried. Nothing. Finn sat down on the beanbag chair on the library's floor. It felt incredibly soft. He'd always sat on this one, the red one, while Abigail sat on the blue one right next to him. And he'd always complained that the stuffing had been flattened so that eventually, if he sat there reading a book long enough, he'd sink down until he was sitting uncomfortably on the metal floor. But not today. Despite whatever was happening with the Marlowe, this beanbag felt like a cloud embracing him. He realized how good it really felt to be home. 
he started to feel less crazed. He would just have to get up, go up to the captain's bridge, and find his mom, captaining the station. Maybe the station just seemed empty because some of the adults had gone out looking for them. Finn picked himself up, feeling silly for freaking out, and opened the library door. There stood Proto-Fessor, the Marlowe's original robot. Ah, Proto, said Finn. At least you came to be my one robot welcoming committee. Flannery Ellison Faulkner is my name and I'm invisible, said the robot. And he kept circling down through the Marlowe hallway, saying nothing else to Finn. Huh, that was weird, said Finn, even for Proto. Anyhow, I'm home! Finn bellowed as he continued through the hallway, finding it still empty. Just as he approached the captain's bridge, the door opened and Lieutenant Carreras, Elias's mom, stepped out. She was dressed differently and she looked unhappy and Finn hesitated to bother her, but he had to know what was going on. Ms. Carreras, he said. Ms. Carreras, have you seen Elias? But the lieutenant just blew by Finn as if he wasn't there. Huh, he said. She must be worried about Elias. Finn strode through the captain's bridge door, and there was something off about it. It looked brand new. It looked like navigators hadn't spent hours in here sweating over controls and dropping crumbs as they ate through their shifts. His dad's station, where he ran communications for the Marlowe, was spotless, no coffee rings around the microphone. And over at the captain's chair, it was, there was, in the chair, there was another woman, not his mother. She was busy reading over some sort of booklet and didn't look up at him as he crossed the bridge. When he got closer, he realized it wasn't another woman. It was his mom, but she looked so different. Her hair was longer, for one, and she looked confused. Whenever he saw his mother, she was in command. She might be a little scared or a little angry when the going got tough, but she was always in command. This was the first time he'd seen her look like she didn't know what she was doing. Mom, said Finn, are you okay? Captain Caspian kept reading the booklet. She didn't even look up. Mom, said Finn, it's me, Finn, I'm back. Nothing. Look, I know you're mad at me because we went chasing after Paige without any of the adults, but we really didn't have a choice. Mom? Mom? Please look up. The captain's bridge door opened and in strode his father. He looked different too, but Finn couldn't quite put a finger on it. Dad! He yelled. He ran toward his father. Dad, I'm so glad to see you. But his dad just strode right past Finn. Any luck with that? Finn's dad said to his mom. Oh, Leon, said Finn's mother. I think I might have broken it. And how are we supposed to fix an entire space station way out here by ourselves? Look at this manual. Why did they give us one manual for an entire space station? It's like it's a DVD player or something. Wait, did something break? Said Finn. Why don't you let me go find Elias? I'm sure he could help. Well, you're way better at this stuff than I am, Isabel, Finn's dad said to Finn's mom. The second I see any instruction manual, I fall asleep. Captain Caspian threw the manual onto the floor. 
Six days, she said. Six days we've been on the most expensive, most hopeful, most amazing creation ever by humanity, and I broke it. What happened? said Finn. Seriously, guys, I know you're mad at me, but can you at least talk to me to tell me what's happening? Maybe we can help. Mom! Dad! But his parents just kept ignoring Finn. Fine, I'll go ask somebody else. Yeesh! He stormed out of the bridge and marched down the hallway. Various grown-ups passed by him, and every time Finn tried to say hi, he was ignored. He saw Mr. Obaro, Abigail's father, running up the hallway. The two had played and wrestled plenty of times ever since he was little. So when he didn't respond to Finn yelling and waving at him, Finn did what he had to do. He ran straight at Mr. Obaro and jumped to tackle him. Finn flew right through Mr. Obaro and landed on the floor, banging his nose on the cold metal. What had just happened? How did he pass right through Mr. Obaro? He stood up and waited until he saw one of the scientists walking his way. Excuse me, can you help me? Finn tried to grab the scientist's arm, but his hand just grabbed at air. Ms. McCullers, one of the navigators, approached him. Hey, look out! Finn stuck out his foot, but instead of tripping her, she just kept on walking by. June, how have you been? Said Finn, greeting a friend of his mother's. You don't mind if I call you June, do you? How about a hug? June kept going, not noticing Finn, and Finn ended up hugging himself. Am I going crazy? yelled Finn. He lay down on the floor in the middle of the corridor and let the various scientists just walk right through him. Rude, 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 he said as three adults walked through his body. Ow, ow, he said as two more passed by. Suddenly, it occurred to Finn. He hadn't seen any kids. Not a single one. Where were all the Explorers Troop members? Not just his friends, but the older ones who had come before him. Finn looked around again. What people he saw were grown-ups. He stood, and as his dad passed him by, he shouted, Piggyback! And tried to jump on his father's back. But of course, he just jumped right through his dad who kept on walking. So Finn followed him down through the hallway to the engineering room. He followed his dad inside and saw there were dozens of Marlow astronauts inside this one room. And there was another hatch open on the wall opposite, and all the adults were standing around, staring into it. Finn tried to peek through all the bodies, but he couldn't see what it was. Excuse me, he said. Excuse me, could you move a little bit? Could I see? Could I get through? Excuse me. But of course, no one could hear him. And then Finn realized something. He didn't have to wait for people to move out of the way. He could move right through people. So he just started walking forward through people as if they weren't even there. This is so weird, said Finn, as he passed through one of the station's cooks. 
My head is like in this guy's lung right now, thought Finn. Finally, he got to the front of the people gathered, and he saw what everyone else was staring at. Inside the hatch, there was a giant, glowing box. The adults all seemed to be sweating, but Finn couldn't feel any heat coming off of it. What is this? He said to no one. Why is everyone freaking out? We need to power down the station, now, said one of the adults on the other side of the box. Finn peered around, and he couldn't believe his eyes. It was Bunce, in a Marlowe spacesuit! What is he doing here? shouted Finn. Why are you listening to him? Why isn't anybody arresting him right now? Don't you remember he tried to take over the whole station? No way! But no one heard Finn. And no one seemed to think twice about Bunce being on the Marlowe. He's right, said another voice. Finn turned and saw the giant Bunce, who was sweating buckets. Next to him was the skinny Bean. Yeah, she said. If we tell the captain to power down the battery, we can fix it. But she's going to blow us up at this rate. Someone has to convince her. Finn looked around and saw other adults nodding. Are you kidding? Are you listening to this? Finn said. Are you listening to me? Listen. Hey, somebody, these guys are evil. You shouldn't say those things about my dad. Finn spun around and saw a kid, about his age, standing next to him. Who's your dad? He said. Bunce, said the girl. I'm Juliana Bunce. Bunce is your dad, said Finn. Bunce has a kid? Where have you been? What's going on? Don't you want to ask me how I can hear and see you and nobody else can, said the kid. Yeah, said Finn. I do want to ask that. So go ahead, then ask. Finn nearly blew his top. Fine! How can you see and hear me and nobody else can? Just tell me already. Because, said Juliana, I brought you back here. Welcome to the Marlowe's past, Finn Caspian of the future. What? Said Finn. Why did you say it like that? I don't know. I thought it would sound cool, said the kid. But am I really from the future? Said Finn. Yeah, said Juliana. I brought you back. Oh, said Finn. Weird. Wait, what? All right, I am here with my son and editor, young Griffin <laughs> Messenger, who is doing a celebratory dance about being back on the show. Is that right, Griff? Yep. <laughs> that pause there was that he had to finish his dance moves before he got to the microphone. <laughs> Dancing is not great for podcasts. Why? Because who could see your moves? Oh yeah, <laughs> I still like doing it though. So, are you uh, are you excited to be back for a new season of Finn Caspian? Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. I'm really excited now. It feels uh, like Bebop's out of the way. Yeah, and it, and now it feels like it, the season has really begun. Now that I have you back in the studio with me, and first of all, let me ask you, what did you think of the episode? Hmm, great, great. All right, great and a dab. I appreciate that. You got any questions for me? How did Bunce's kid 
bring Finn back. How did Bunce's kid bring Finn back? Hmm. That is an interesting question that sounds like, oh, what's do the word I'm that. looking for? Do not say that. What's the word I'm looking for? A spoiler? <laughs> say it. Say it. Say it. <laughs> No, so we can't we can't say what that is because uh, that would be a spoiler. But I'm sure we will find out in a future episode. Um, any other questions that you have? Um, was Finn somewhere in the prologue, or why do you why do you ask that? Because it has the kid Bunce and and the Bunces saving the Marlow and yeah, but why would Finn be there? Uh, mainly because he's gotten transported to the past, and it seems like there's. Like, no kids besides from that uh, Bunce's kid? Well, I'm trying to think of the word. What's the word that if I answered that question? Oh, yeah, it would be a spoiler. (laughs) 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 Why do you keep saying it like that? Uh, Because we have not had our spoiler argument in a few months. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Retaliation. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we we brought we I can't say whether Finn is there or not, but prologues we talked about this that prologues a lot of times give previews of what's going to happen later in a story. So I will I will say this: I think your instincts are good. How's that? Okay. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to talk about? Any other questions? Um, no. All right. Well, then, what time is it, Griff? Joke time. All right. It's joke time. All right, up first, we have a joke from our pal, Oliver. Hi, my name is Oliver Smith, and this is my joke. Why did the alien boy eat his homework? His teacher said it was a piece of cake. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And now our pal, Emerson, will tell us a joke. I am Emerson from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I am seven years old. I have a joke for you. What does an alien bow hunter wear when it goes flying? I don't know. What? Aerodynamic pants. A R R O W. That was great. Thank you, Emerson. Emerson made that joke up after learning the word aerodynamic. That was awesome. Thank you so much to Emerson and to Oliver. And now it is what time, Griffin? Art time! All right, here we go. All right, I want to say thank you to Edie, who's seven from New Zealand, Eli, who's 10 from Seattle, Nathan, who's five from Rochester, New York, Olivia from Mendocino, California, who's eight, Anita, who's four, and Oscar, who is seven from Portland, Oregon, Elizabeth, who's five from Florida, Sam, who's nine from Gilsum, New Hampshire, Maxwell, who's 11 from Vancouver, Canada, Adrik, who's four, and Zephram, who's six and a half from Tucson, Arizona, Teddy, who's five, from Waleska, Georgia, Gray, who's three and a half, from Portland, Oregon, and Maya, who is six, from Pennsylvania. Thank you all so much. Nice. Good. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you all so much for all that amazing art. Bebop is well-fed for sure. Anything else you want to talk about, Griff, about being back, about the story, anything? Um, I like the idea of the prologue. I also feel a Harry Potter sort of thing because he goes back in time sort of in like people's memories. Oh yeah, the uh he gets the memory and then he puts it in the Pen- the pensive, pensive. The pensive. pensive. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's sort of like the pensive in Harry Potter, maybe? Yeah. All right, so if that's it, Griff, um, oh, one thing that we did want to talk about is that pretty soon there are going to be some adventures on other planets, like every season, which is when a lot of the characters from Character Club are going to show up. Yay! Maybe my robot SWAT team. Maybe. We'll see. Yay. That would be, what's the word I'm looking for? A spoiler? Oh, yeah, that's it. Spoiler. (laughs) All right. What do you say, Griff? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Four buys now? Yep. Oh, it's a new season, a new Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>thanks for coming back and having more fun with us this week as always thank you for all your joke art sounds and characters we will of course incorporate all those into the show really appreciate you sending all those in the alien adventures of fincast means a gen z kids production written and produced by jonathan messenger edited and guided by griffin messenger with special thanks to maria villanueva emerson messenger is our intern the music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by mark greenberg recently voted the nicest human in the multiverse our cover art is by Sir Ian Dingman. And for more information about the show, check out the show notes and go to bestrobotever.com for more family-friendly podcasts. And check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Thanks, and we will see you next week. Okay, how about mm, a Kerens? They're like cameras... But they don't take any pictures. Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called The Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history.